What's up, everybody? Happy Friday and welcome to the second part of the Locked on ACC crossover episode where today we are talking about the Coastal Division. Look forward to having that conversation with all of the guys of the show. After I remind you that just because it's college football doesn't mean you can't get on the NFL action. The NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConforna. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Tune in beginning August 30th. All right, let's get to it. Part two of the Locked On ACC crossover episode starts now. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There's a team in the Coastal, and we'll get to it. I feel like everyone knows who it is because I'm speaking on it, that everyone wants to say is the top dog. They are the best of the best. But there are plenty of people in the Coastal, and as we know, the Coastal is always up for grabs, that feel as if you shouldn't put anybody at the top sitting pretty. But let's get right into it. So Carolina has been getting all this love this season. Everyone feels as if they're going to be the best. Sam Howell is in the Heisman conversation, but I have some severe reservations about that because I know my team like everyone doesn't see the day-to-days ins and outs I know my team they get hyped they get the Jordan brand they get the shoes going you mac with the drip and then they blow it that's just what we do we just get off we start to fill ourselves they start to pump their chest around campus and the next thing you know they get out there and the lights are bright and they choke and so I'm not feeling like Carolina should be on top and I would love to start with JJ here because his team isn't exactly sitting at the top of the coastal, but he's been through all of it. I would love to know your thoughts and if Carolina's hype is too much. I really don't think it is. I, I think that their hype is solidified um, as, as the best team in the coastal, right? I, I don't necessarily know um, if the, the hype has reached a point where they're going to challenge Clemson for an ACC championship, right? But I don't know that there is necessarily a direct challenger to what Carolina is going to be able to do. You win college football games at the quarterback position, and Sam Howell is as good as they come going into the year here in 2021. Mac Brown has figured out the recruiting side of things, has really turned back around that Carolina program. His success that he had at Texas and North Carolina from his first stint there is clearly paying off. They've got a lot of talented skill position players. And so, what? no, I, I think the hype is justified for what they can accomplish in the Coastal. They're still not going to beat Clemson, but I think it will be a showdown between the Tar Heels and Tigers for that ACC crown. JJ, you didn't have to reemphasize that point. I just need you to know that, okay? I took that <laughs> one first. But anyway, we're going to go to Ken last because I don't have time for that. Let's see why we're going to get into you know, a, dis- a fight later. But Tyler, love to know your thoughts around Sam Howell and company and if they are overhyped. UNC is scary to me because think of when Mac Brown came in. His first season was 2019. His first real recruiting class is about 2020. Now you're starting to see those kids become sophomores and get older. And some of the guys that he may have picked up at the back end of that class of 2019, those guys are now sophomores and juniors. That's when you start to see guys make impacts. And Mac Brown turned the tide recruiting-wise for UNC. Now you get to see those guys play alongside a guy who's going to be in the Heisman conversation. Not to mention you've got plenty of other talented players on your roster. This could be 
a really, really strong UNC team and one that could even compete to go to the college football playoff when it's all said and done. AJ and Drake, I would love to hear your thoughts in terms of coaching, right? So Mac Brown is turning 70. He's an older coach and you guys both have younger thriving coaches. All the style of recruiting, all of the hype around it. Yes, of course you would want to play for a Mac Brown, but we don't know how long that's going to be. Do you see kind of a shift happening if he no longer is the coach or UNC should just strike while the iron is hot? Jersey Drake, I would start with you. You mean by shift by, you know, moving on to the next head coach or what do you mean by that? He's 70. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving oh, yeah. on. You know, he's 69. He turned 70, I think, in a week and a half. We discussed this last week. I gave him his grace. Okay. Oh, there you go. But no, I, um, that's really interesting because I don't know who would you pick to, you know, succeed him. Right. Um, I am of the opinion that he kind of, kind of came here. This is his last ride. He might do the Bill Snyder thing and just be here to his like 80, 85. So I would also just keep it going because the fact that he's able to recruit at this high of a level at that age, I don't know how he's able to connect with these kids. I mean, he watched Matlock reruns when he was like 50. And then these kids, you know, they've been playing Fortnite for the past two or three years. So I think he's got something special there going on. You already see it with him out recruiting, you know, top tier talent for like a Sam Howell, keeping kids in state, which is extremely important, which Florida all three big three four schools, Florida, University of Miami, and FSU, have been able to do. And since he's been able to lock down the state, if I'm him, just I would probably just stay in there. If I would just if I was the AD there, I would keep him as long as possible. I'm pretty sure he wears his Texas ring to have to have dinner with these guys because that's the only way that you convince them to go to a Carolina for football. AJ, what you got? I mean, I I am all on board with the Mac Mac Brown talk. I think he is, you know, UNC for years between the, all the suspensions and and. Um, the violations that they had, you, you know, they needed a brand cleanup. And I think Mac Brown is doing what he needs to do to get that program back to an upper echelon team and make them a competitive team. And I think, you know, just getting, you know, if, if it's four or five years of Mac Brown, that's going to get your program back up to an elite level. And then you can pick and choose who you want to replace him. You could get a top level, you know, replacement coach to get him if he's battling for the ACC titles if he's got a top 20 recruiting class or a top 10 recruiting class my gosh he just got another five star last week um he's just doing it all right now and i think it, what he's doing is really cleaning up that unc profile and getting them back in the in the national picture and that's a big thing to do 100 percent. ken you can round out this conversation first of all i would like to thank you for letting me finish out all these conversations i guess i really am the beyonce here i appreciate it uh but with that being said i I am confused here because it is, I, I don't know what Mac Brown has put in the Kool-Aid, right? And, and if we all know the history of the drinking the Kool-Aid phrase, it comes from Jonestown. Does anybody remember what happened to everybody in Jonestown when they drank that Kool-Aid? Listen, man, this, right. is a fun, this is a fun football talk, man. You can bring in Jonestown in this. <laughs> here's here's a, just a, a, a little, a brief little recap of why I'm confused as to why everybody's so high on this team. They finished last year eight and five and lost 6,000 yards of production. I'm sorry, no, no, 4,000. They lost 4,000 yards of production between their receivers and running backs leaving. And everybody's just like, ah, Sam Hollow, figure it out. I, and, and JJ, there was something you said there that I'm going to disagree with vehemently. Uh, college football is won by quarterback. I disagree. That's the NFL. In college, you can be all right with a terrible quarterback so long as everybody around them is good. Now, I like the Fox brothers. I think that they're really good. I like, like both of them, okay? Don't let anybody from NC State hear me saying that. I think they're good players. I enjoy watching. Uh, Sam Hall, is, he reminds me a lot of Matt Stafford. He is a really good quarterback. 
I am not making any bones about that. But um, part of what helps quarterbacks be good is when you can hand it off to a guy that's going to give you a six-yard pop because then the defense has to honor the run, which opens up the pass. Part of what makes a quarterback good is having a De'Ami Brown, who everybody at Washington, the football team, is saying, this kid, we don't know how he slipped up, but we're grateful for it. Yeah, he has his brother, Joffrey Brown, who is coming right behind him. So who is faster than Deami, actually. So I think he's going to be all right. And also, if we want to go to who he's going to pass it off to, Ty Chandler, who came from Tennessee, who I think will be just fine when it comes to the run game. We can do this. That's great. That's great. What did Ty do in comparison to your running backs last year? Javante is Javante. Like, you saw Javante. He ran through Miami defense like it was his job. That's my point. That's my point. I'm, I'm saying that that team from last year was a very good team. That finished eight and five. I think Chaz Surratt was a great showing, but I think Jeremiah Gimble is a step up. You're looking at an eight and five team that lost a lot and everybody's saying that they're top 10. I don't understand. Put the Kool-Aid down, people. Put the Kool-Aid down. Stop it. Drink some water. It's good for your body. It'll help cleanse you out. Don't drink that flat tummy tea. It's not FDA approved. But don't drink the Kool-Aid either, okay? Don't drink the Kool-Aid either. I think that this UNC team is going to be good, but where everybody's ranking them, I, I'm going to leave it at that. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors, including the limited time flavor? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, then frankly, you're missing out. Between coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie, chocolate, double chocolate, or salted caramel, there's something for everybody. You can even get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Order today and get that raspberry mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BillBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. Is there a better team in the Coastal? Exactly. Thank you, JJ. Is there a better team in the Coastal? I will say this. If De'Ara King is 80% or better, yes. And it, and it, it will not be close really? with Miami. It will not be close with Miami, and this is why i tell you why. Manny Diaz is a defensive win. I don't care what anybody says. Look at his track record going from school to school to school. Everywhere he's been, the defenses have been better when he was there than when he left every single time. This Miami defense is no different. Now, the only question mark is how healthy is Diaz? Because De'Ara King last year led them in rushing five times. He can't do that this year with an ACL. Or maybe he can, because he came back from an ACL in eight months. I don't know. They got them new knees in Florida. He got the Megan Thee Stallion knees or something. But I'm, I, if, if De'Ara King is healthy, they are the best team in the coast. But I look at Pat, uh, yeah, Coach Narduzzi's defense at Pitt. He clearly brings stars. I look at Virginia Tech. You can never truly count out. I mean, it's Virginia Tech, right? I also look at Georgia Tech, who everyone seems to be sleeping on because Jameer Gibbs and I think Jeff Sims are going to have great seasons. So I would love to hear, Tyler, your thoughts around who could make a decision or who could make a run at the top of the coast. Well, definitely Miami. And I, I will say this. So, uh, I forget who brought up Pitt, but I'm almost scared for Pitt this year because I feel like the COVID-19 pandemic kind of helped out most programs in the sense that you've got a lot of experience returning. You know which team in the ACC lost the most players to the NFL draft? 
was Pitt. And when you're losing players to the NFL draft, not only A, are you losing really productive players, but B, in this season, those are guys that who could have potentially come back, had that extra year of eligibility. The, the whole phrase of, oh, well, we're bringing everyone back. Almost everyone's bringing almost everyone back this season across the country. And when you're losing that many guys to the NFL, that's going to put you, I think, behind the eight ball. And that's not an enviable position. But to answer your original question, I, I think UNC, I, I still have them as my number one. And then I'll go with Miami number two. I, I'm worried about Pierre King's knee, but I will say this. Look, basketball, football, every sport now. These surgeries, I mean, modern medicine is unbelievable. Would you see guys returning from ACLs and all that stuff? It's unbelievable. They come back in eight months and they're good as new. Sometimes they're even better. I think of like Adrian Peterson when he came back. He was better than he was before. So um, I'm not as worried about the knee injury stuff anymore, but it's still something that is on my radar. Yeah, AJ, I would love to get you in here. I know I skipped over you talking about coaches, but please feel free to chime in. Uh, so in terms of the, the coastal, I am on board with, I think UNC is going to still win. And I've been on, I've, I've said that all along and I, I, I like Sam Howell and I like their defense. I think their secondary is very, very good. Um, so I think that's a, a, something that I would look at. Um, but I think, I think it's a lot closer than many people that are talking about it. Not you guys, but just on, on the, on the web, um, have been bringing up because I think you, I like, the, I like the U and I think they're. They're on their way up. I think that Manny Diaz has get that he's got that program going in the right direction. And it may be this year that if DR King gets it together, that they take down UNC, that they win the coastal. But I still think, you know, where I'm at, I still think the Tar Heels are going to do it. And I, I can't go with Pitt. I just can't, I cannot go with Pat Narduzzi. Um, <laughs> as someone who's watched Steve Adazio for years at Boston College, he, there's lots of things about him that remind me of each other. And it, it gives me flashbacks. Um, so I, I just in big games, I just can't see him winning um, the, the coast. I just can't see him doing it. And final thoughts here for Jersey Drake in terms of who will sit atop of the coastal. I mean, I think it's UNC. I've been a fan of Sam Howell since he was committed to Florida State before he did the flip. I, to me, I think he's Baker Mayfield light. I think they play the same exact way, same size, a little bit of thickness. I think he has a little less swag than Baker. But then Tim Miami, I think people forget that they lost three draft picks on their offense other than defensive line and Gregory Rousseau, Quincy Roche, and Jalen Phillips, two of them being first round picks. And De'Ara King, I'm a huge fan of him. I like him a lot. They start with Alabama week one. And I really, and this man tore his knee, what, nine months ago? And we expect him to be anywhere close to 100%, you know, game one. The wide receivers also leave a lot to be desired. Their offensive line, I thought, I think it was Zion, I think it was Zion Nelson's his name is kind of, you know, patchwork right there, except for Jared Williams on the other side. And then the best player on defense might be either Boa Bolden, who I, who I, you know, should probably be on the watch list there for AC player, defense player there, because he's, he's that damn good. But other than that, I'm not scared of, honestly, anybody on that defense. And I know his defensive wisdom is very good at his job with that. I can't call you that after you love 50-plus points and I think over 550 rushing yards last year against UNC, who's in your actual division. So to me, it's UNC. Miami, maybe for a second. I like Georgia Tech a lot. I think Jeff Sims is definitely, he's bringing, he's making GT cool again, especially with Jameer Gibbs, who I almost picked him for when we did the best, most uh, interesting player that we, we want to do, but I think somebody else picked it first before I did. So I go in another route, but I think GT is definitely something to watch out for. A hundred percent. And like, I really appreciate you guys and all the love that you're showing UNC. I don't see it, but like, I, I know the coastal, anybody can win. And I think it's up for grabs, but 
as I gave Tyler an opportunity to talk about a team that's not so lovely at his, on his side of the division, love to hear JJ's thoughts on Duke football. We've had a lot of conversations throughout the week when I talked to several co-hosts who say that Coach Cutcliffe, the game is kind of past him. And I would love to know your thoughts as someone who covers it on a day-to-day basis about that conversation. Finally, we get to talk about Duke football. This is what everybody's been absolutely waiting for uh, <laughs> in our conversations here. Uh, but to, no, I, I think that uh, obviously things don't look great for Duke going into this upcoming season. I think uh, if you go away from, from college football experts, and even if you went to college football experts and asked them to name three players on the Duke football team going into 2021, I think everybody would probably struggle, right? Like that's just where we're at with the state of Duke football. And how do you necessarily change that? I don't know the course of action for David Cutcliffe. I, I think they improve in 2021. Turning the football over 39 times in a 10-game season is not good. And that's what they experienced last year with Chase Bryce at quarterback. Um, and he's made his way to Boone and will play for Appalachian State. And great, well wishes that way. But uh, if, if Gunnar Holmberg, day one, just needs to protect the football, and you're still going to be at a disadvantage because that's where Duke football currently sits. But that's better than turning the football over at the rate that they did last year. And when you've got a guy in Mateo Durant that is getting as much buzz as he's got going into this year, having never been the feature running back in his career, 800 yards rushing last year as a number two guy, like that's a reason to be excited for Duke football. The concern at that point, however, is that every defense in the conference is going to be scouting for Mateo Durant. So how can those wide receivers in Jake Bobo and Jalen Calhoun step up and make plays for Duke going into 2021? That's the big question for Coach Cutcliffe when we're talking ages. Turning 67 a month from now is not the best outlook for Duke football going forward. But it seems like Coach Cutcliffe is having fun and has all of a sudden got re-energized as he's dancing in practice videos. He's walking around shirtless in the facility at 66 years old holding up snakes and TikTok videos. I mean, he looks like he's having fun. And uh, at, at this point, it's giving it a little bit of attention to Duke football, which is the biggest one in all of this. A hundred percent. Well, I'll get final thoughts here from all of you guys, just in terms of the coastal, you can talk defensively or just overall viewpoints, but I would love to hear, starting with Kenton Gibbs here, what you think is going to come out of the coastal this season? Um, first of all, as far as Duke goes, I, I think it's very, very uh, interesting that people say the game has passed Cutcliffe. No, Cutcliffe couldn't pass the ball because of Chase Bryce. I don't think people understand. There is not a bakery in America that created as many turnovers as Chase Bryce did <laughs> last year. The boy couldn't hold on to the ball if you taped it to his hand. So at the end of the day, getting rid of Chase Bryce is addition by subtraction. Now, as far as the rest of the Coastal goes, the Coastal has not seen repeat champions in how many years? Is it, is it 10? Is it? Wait a minute. Is it, we're, we're looking at quite some time since they've seen repeat champions. I believe that this will be a year where we continue that trend because I have got Miami winning the Coastal. Here's a fun fact about last year. People talk about Miami uh, allowing 500 yards or 50 points. If they were still in divisions last year, guess who would have won the Coastal? Still Miami. That's crazy. That is absolutely nuts. But it's the truth. So with that being said, um, I think that that Miami turns out to be the first repeat champion, even though there, there was no coastal champion last year. 
Um, and is that a little bit of the NC State in me? Like, I can't pick those bozos. Yes, for sure. But I would say that UNC is the second best team, and I, I give it a 60-40 thing, 60-40 shot, and that is barring health from Deere. If Deere King ain't healthy, you know, we saw Alabama destroy one Florida program in the first game a few years ago. That happens again with just the Eric's knee this time. Well, packing the mail is going. UNC has got it easy. Yeah. So I, you know, not, not to rehash it, what everyone's saying, I'm going to talk about a team we haven't talked about, which is Virginia tech. Yeah. Um, I have sold hard on Virginia tech this season. I was not impressed at all with the way that they played last year. And, and they are a team that is going to, you know, they're going to have to come out hot because people are not believing in Justin Fuente right now. That game against Liberty last year, where he called the timeout on a 59 yard field goal kick, trying to ice a kicker. And then the guy, um, I think it was the next play Liberty came back and won the game kind of really put him in a tough spot. And it was one of those games where, you know, he, he got a lot of crap for it. And, you know, I don't know if that's going to continue this year. And I know it, you know, many Virginia tech fans didn't think he'd be back. So if he cannot get that program up to the level where they're contending or they're winning eight games or nine games, it could be a long year in Blacksburg and, you know, they could be looking for a new head coach in 2022. Tyler, your thoughts. I look at Miami and while I think they're the second best team in the conference, the thing that's holding them back, in my opinion, is Manny Diaz. You look at him the last two seasons, 14 and 10. He's had the Miami team has had a top four recruiting class in the ACC every year since 2011. The team is one and 10 in their last 11 bowl games. The program is not what the talent on the roster suggests. So I look at Miami. I need to see it. I need to see it. I need to see it with Manny Diaz because he's had a lot more talent on his roster to work with. We'll see what happens offensively. Obviously, health is paramount for them. And then in terms of some other things to watch, I mean, I feel like we haven't talked about Virginia at all. And while I don't think they're going to be a contender to win, like Bronco Mendenhall, at least from an X's and O's standpoint, might be the best coach in the, the coastal right now. And I mean, that's a disciplined team, too. There's very few penalties. Um, we'll see what Brennan Armstrong can bring this season. Um, and then I, I've professed my love for Jeff Sims on this program many a time. It, the turnovers, I think, are something that are going to go down. He had 11 interceptions, I believe, last year. Eight of them came in the first three weeks. So from week four till the end of the season, he had three. And that, to me, shows signs of maturity, especially from a true freshman quarterback. I'm looking at him as maybe being the sleeper quarterback that could really pop this season. Yeah, um, I'm going to still pick UNC to win the entire win the, win the, uh, the win the coastal. I also am not as you. I mean, I'm going to probably take a page from Ken just said about it. Not picking UNC against Florida State. I went to Florida State. I will never, ever, even on my deathbed, pick Miami to win anything, especially because they haven't. They have been in the conference for I think it's 17 years now. They've made only one conference style game, only won the, their division once. So why am I going to pick that? You know, to be different. And, begin with and me personally i can see them starting the season two and three because after they play alabama they got a sneaky decent Appalachian state michigan state we'll see how mel tucker is over there then they play virginia nc you know north carolina and then nc state that's a very tough you know schedule games right there so i can see them finishing third in the coastal and i'm with tyler i think jeff sims is going to be the next big thing to come out of the coastal quarterback wise jimmy with jameer gaze with jeff collins actually making turn the program around is something that you know People want to watch and actually are exciting day in and day out. I'm going to pick them pick for a second. So give me UNC, then GT, and then the University of Cole Gables third. This hasn't been fun for me, right? Like to, <laughs> to hear 
all the UNC talk. Like I'm there with Kenton as well. Uh, I don't know that uh, my football hatred for UNC has got to be that high because Duke football's never been relevant to that level, at least in my football or in my lifetime, um, to to warrant sort of that kind of feeling. It's still Clemson's conference to win. So regardless of who comes out of there um, in, you know, in the coastal, it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, I, I think UNC would be the team representing them in that game. No doubt. Just cool I, to have divisions back, you know, like, yeah. hey, we got divisions back. We didn't have that in 2020. Can I, can I say something real quick? Please quick. AJ, I appreciate the, the, the Justin Fuente slander. I love it. I love it. Braxton Burmeister couldn't hit the ocean from the beach. And somehow people are like, oh, Virginia Tech's going to be sneaky good. Y'all, did you watch that man play last year? He's so bad. The, the, fact that, the fact that Justin Fuentes, even for a minute, said anybody but Hendon Hooker need to be the starter should be considered coaching malpractice. I want him arrested for impersonating a football coach. It's a reverse Ted Lasso situation going on because he must coach soccer or something and just came over here and said, I I like the 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 small guy with the weak arm. That's the one I want to throw the ball around because you're not supposed to touch the ball with your hands. It's called football, right? That must have been what happened. But anyway, I, I appreciate the slander, AJ. I thank you. I, I no, no problem, Kenton. <laughs> it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all. Pro and college football action. Get the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, Make a Bet. On the Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is your online sports book expert. I really appreciate y'all's time and thoughts, and I would love to get quick hits. As we are talking about this alliance conversation, we all saw the presser that was, I don't even, I can't even explain how awful that was and just where we stand as a conference in terms of an alliance with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Do you feel like it's a whole lot of hot air of nothing? And if so, what do you see actually coming of it, if nothing at all? And Drizzy Drake, I'll start with you. I think it's a whole lot of nothing. I think it's literally the equivalent of the, the, all three of the conferences, the ACC, the Pac-12, and Big Ten being caught with their pants down, as the SEC has probably been doing this for probably a year and a half. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if the SEC was having discussions with Texas and Oklahoma when the Longhorn Network was first introduced, I think, what, four years ago at this point? Because if you look at the entire contract with that for them leaving the Big 12, they need $160 million to have both of them leave. And ironically for ESPN to pay to, you know, pay out the network to Texas, they owe them $160 million. So that right there, it's kind of exactly math right there. And I'm of the opinion that they're saying that we'll, we'll honor all grant of rights deals till 2037. That to me it says that there are still schools that are probably toying with the idea of leaving the ACC. I wouldn't be surprised if Florida state 
Clemson, maybe Miami or some of those schools, some of the bigger name programs. And I think that's the big thing moving forward because I just don't, I don't see the way that this is moving forward with all this. I don't see how you don't come to an agreement where you're doing it by word of mouth. And it's a gentleman's agreement. I'm an attorney. That doesn't mean anything to me at all whatsoever. It's not a pen and paper, black and white or a handshake. Then doesn't matter to me at all. It's nothing. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could just one person summarize everything that took place and be suffice here because as we just pointed out, there's no contract. What in the world? Like, what kind of operation is this? It's three commissioners who the longest serving commissioner is Kevin Warren, right? Who started in January of 2020. We talked about getting caught with your pants down. He was in the same situation with the fans versus no fans at Big Ten football in 2020 when he's got a son that plays in the SEC, right? So uh, we're, we're talking about this because it's a topic of conversation that everyone wants to have this time of year. They're trying to react to what the SEC has done to be more competitive, but this isn't the move. I mean, yeah, it's a complete waste of time to talk about this. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was so excited to hear about this. And then when it actually came out and, you know, the Pac-12 commissioner saying like, oh yeah, we have no contract. I was like, what is this? What are we doing? And to hear like the pieces of it, like, oh, scheduling is coming out, but we're going to honor all our other schedules that we already put together for like the next 15 years. So what does that mean? Like college football could change so much in 15 years and it's changing every week right now. This is just, it's just a lot of hot air. It's not anything that we're going to, is going to be held legally. The first team that sees something shiny is going to go in the other direction. And this whole thing's going to get blown up. We absolutely saw that today when what USC and LSU, LSU yeah. wanted to make a deal or made a deal. Well, I look at the big 10 and I feel like they're in the driver's seat here. You've got the most profitable conference in all of the college athletics right now. That's the big 10 conference. I mean, What's going to make Kevin Warren, like we've kind of talked about here, where this there is no signed agreement, he might have his fingers crossed behind his back and he was shaking everyone's hand over this thing. Like, what's to say the Big Ten might not pull out and either A, act on their own, or B, merge with the SEC in some sort of capacity? I think there's going to be mergers at some point in the next five or so years. And the ACC, frankly, doesn't seem like it's in a great position. I know they brought in Jim Phillips, which I think is an upgrade in terms of the conference commissioner, because he wants to make this a football first conference. And we know football drives the bus in terms of the dollars and cents, but you locked yourselves in to a 20 year TV deal back in 2019. That is going to go down. When we look back at, at how things start to unfold, that is going to be looked at as one of the biggest mockeries of a television contract ever. Cause now you can't re renegotiate some of this stuff. You've got the Big Ten who's going to have their rights deal coming up soon. They're going to make even more money off of this. They can use this alliance as leverage when they're talking about uh, deals with ESPN or whatnot, so or Fox or whatever it ends up being. So I think the Big Ten made out like bandits and all of this, and the ACC and the Pac-12 might be left out to dry at some point. You know when you're when when uh, how they say if you break up with a woman, she'll see you in a picture with another woman, and she'll criticize the smallest thing about her, like look at her ear. Or, oh, my God, her foot is hanging out at you. That's what's happening right now with this alliance. This is nonsense. This is a hot bag of nothing. It is, it's, it, it, to me, to say, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. But to me, if you don't have anything in writing, why even make the announcement? Why not keep this a backroom smoker type of thing where you are? Hey, listen, we agree. You know I mean? We're not going to poach each other's teams. We're going to go ahead and, you know, we're going to make some shake. We're going to play each other a couple times in the next couple of years. 
you do not have to make a public announcement on this because now you've made a public spectacle of yourself. And three of the five people who have spoken about this today directly reference you having your pants down. You're grown men. Pull your pants up, put your belt on, and keep it pushing with no announcement. Okay, and that's how you end the show, all right? <laughs> thank you so much. I want to thank all of you guys for coming on again. First conversation with all of my co-hosts. It's always fun. Quick hits of where they can find you guys and follow your work. Oh, my bad, guys. Uh, you can follow the podcast at, at, at LO underscore Seminoles. You can follow me at Pally underscore underscore Drake. You can also follow the, we have a collective called at Knowles Anonymous where you give us our questions, fan mail, or fans first, people second, podcast or third. So, hey, come by. At LO underscore Blue Devils at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Check us out, Locked on Blue Devils. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. I'm the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. You can check me out there. And my Twitter handle is uh, uh, Locked on BC. You can find us at LO underscore Syracuse and myself at Tyler AKI underscore. At LO underscore Wolfpack and at TGIF underscore Ken. No doubt. And you can find me at Locked on ACC or at Kennedy Cooper. So glad to have you guys once again. We are going to be here all next week, ready to start football. I cannot believe it's here. I'm so excited. Until next time. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 